You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't, nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, you're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley. Today, and for a couple weeks, right, we get you as a guest. We have my wife, Cassandra, as a guest. How long do we get to keep you as a guest? A few episodes. Okay. Well, we appreciate you coming on. We know uh, you have your own business to run. You've... You're really busy, so we appreciate it, but I'm sure these listeners are like, finally, <laughs> we, we don't have to listen to just Steve's voice, so how have you been? I've been good. It's it's uh, it's summertime, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, It's it's been plenty warm, but as I say all the time, before we know it, we're going to be complaining that it's snowing, and it's cold, and... You know, it's just a vicious cycle, so. That's true. Perspective matters. I'll take this over the tundra any day. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure listeners know that have listened for a long time that you're not a big fan of the uh, winters in Wyoming, so uh, we, we tend to get that out of the way right off the bat. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we're in the middle of August. It's, um, I think a lot of kids are going back to school, aren't oh, they? Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, with the exception of like Arizona, where they're already in school. Yeah, I believe, yeah, I think we talked about this before. I think Arizona, they get out earlier, like before Memorial Day, but then they start in July, which, yeah, I don't know. I think Arizona, it doesn't matter when it is. It's probably hot. Yeah. But anyhow, so today is episode 220, and our topic today is something we've talked about quite often, and I get lots of questions about this, whether people just reach out to me. Or it's on Facebook. Uh, Facebook's kind of the only thing I follow, but I don't respond. I try not to get in the middle of everybody's quarrels. But one of the biggest questions is, is as a renter, how can I deal with toxic mold? And you know how, I mean, you've seen over the years how this kind of goes. I have. I have. I think the one thing that I would say to renters, not that I'm an attorney, but for sure I will say this, 
make sure you read your lease thoroughly and you understand all the fine print in your lease. That doesn't necessarily absolve anyone from taking care of a mold issue, but I think before you bring up a mold issue, you better really understand the conditions of your lease and any fine print that gives the landlord leeway on things that you do not have leeway on. I think a lot of people jump to the landlord's got to do this and they've got to do that or I can withhold rent or I I think it's just a good practice as a renter to always understand the ins and outs of your lease. That's a good point because you know a lot of times so you mentioned something that we'll we'll dive a little bit deeper into as far as you know, can I skip my rent payments because I have a mold issue? And, you know, for you listeners, the easy answer is no, but we'll, we'll, we'll tap into that a little bit later. But I think a lot of people don't understand, you know, they, when you're moving into a new property, it's, it's kind of an emotional time for you as a renter. And so you kind of just skim through it and you're like, okay, yeah, the deposit this and whatever. It's a one-year lease or six-month lease. You don't really pay attention to it. And then once you start reading it, you start going, oh, Geez, so routine maintenance is on us. Um, you know, if if there is, you know, a flood, you know, if it was caused by, you know, someone putting something down the toilet, that's on us. And so you start seeing things that you didn't really think about because you think technically as a renter, I'm not responsible for anything except for paying the rent and not destroying the home. So that's a good idea for our listeners is to go through that and do your research because it's the same concept when you have to reach out to a mold professional. You need to do your research and see, you know, am I hiring the right person? Is this company, you know, is this guy qualified? Is this gal qualified? You know, what can they do for me? It's the same as reading through your lease because that lease, you know, you brought up a good point, could have some, some things in there that you're like, oh, wait, hold on here. Correct. Like, you know, just things like, How long does the landlord have to address a concern that you bring forth? And upon what conditions can a landlord end your lease immediately? Yeah. Very often the standard template of a lease includes a clause that most people don't pay attention to that basically says the landlord can end your lease at any time they see fit. Right. And so it's important before you start having words with your landlord over mold that you actually understand what the landlord can do. And what you can do per the lease, because that will dictate how you approach this mold situation. Yeah, that's very, that's a very valid point. And it kind of, it walks us into something that, uh, you know, I didn't even put this in the notes, but, you know, when, when you start those communications with your landlord, you do need to make sure that you do it like via text or an email. Correct. As much as we like to pick up the phone and call people, I don't know, I feel like we live in the day and age where nobody does that anymore. But as easy as it is to pick up the phone and call, I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but if you have it in writing and it's time stamped, it's very difficult for either party to say, no, I didn't say that. You know, your landlord on the phone could say, well, yeah, you just hire whoever, you find someone that you, you know, think would do the job properly. When I say do the job, come out and inspect or do whatever, and I'll pay for it. Well, then as a renter, you go out and do that. And then the landlord comes back and is like, no, I never said that. Well, if you have that in an email, it's a lot easier to say, well, hold on here. Um, And so so it brings up, it kind of walks us into one of the key things I like to tell our listeners. Well, let me just add one thing to your point. You may run into a landlord who says, I don't do all that email texting thing. 
And at the end of the day, here's what you still do. You get off the phone with that landlord and you email them because everybody has an email address, whether they check it or not. And you CC yourself saying, per our conversation today, comma, this is what we agreed to. Because even if they never check it, you are now documenting, timestamped, dated, the phone conversation, and that holds up. That's a great point, because even if they don't respond, um, once again, we're not lawyers. uh, We have a disclaimer before the (laughs) podcast. Um, But but, but in, in, in a legal matter, you know, in front of a judge... If you as the renter say, yes, my landlord, Tom, said that he was going to cover all this, um, I followed up with an email. Yeah, he never responded, but I followed up that day. 100%. And so that kind of shows your understanding. Whether you misunderstood or not, that was your understanding. And so it kind of brings us back to like what I was saying to walk into is, is what I want our listeners to know is as serious as mold is, you can call the health department. You can call whoever you think's going to force the landlord to do something. It's very unlikely that that's going to happen. It's it's a very difficult process. And my point is, is the health department's not going to force your landlord to address mold. Correct. And at the end of the day, if you as the tenant and your family, spouse, significant others, children, whoever, if you claim it's a big enough issue that it needs to be addressed, you need to leave. Yep. And I, I've I've dealt with renters before, and a specific one I dealt with it was years and years ago. I finally had to say to the renters they were they were trying to use my report and my test results. It was a bad, it was a terrible situation. And I told them I said, "You guys got to leave." They said, "Oh, we have nowhere to go, and you know they have to fix this." And I told them, you know, if I was your judge, I would be sitting there and I'd be questioning the severity of the mold concerns if you chose not to leave. Correct. If you're the judge, it'd be hard for me to convince you that we lived there for three more months and didn't pay, but we didn't think it was that bad. Yes. And at the same time, and I know you've come across this because you've had potential clients and clients email you, especially those with small children, send you emails that said, I have a you know three month old and a two year old and a four year old and I you know we realize that the four year old's been getting sick and I'm sick and and what do we do and so there's this sense of panic on the part of the renters mm-hmm. at the same time that that they have to understand that if it is severe enough they need to leave what do you suggest renters do when they first discover a mold problem and they are in panic mode. Well, I, I would I would obviously recommend that they do leave if they can, if you can go to your mother's, your whoever's house. But let's say that they find mold um, that maybe was behind a dresser in the when it was on an exterior wall and they find mold there. They're rearranging their daughter's room or whatever. What I would suggest, and obviously you always want to get a professional involved. So I know our listeners know this, but, you know. You always want to get someone like myself involved. But right off the bat, the best thing you could do is, if you can, just seal off that room or put a containment around that mold. And that that's as simple as putting plastic up. Now, once again, you need to do it, you know, under the advice of a professional because you could make things worse. But like right off the bat, you're in a panic. The The last thing you want to do is try spraying it with Clorox or any chemicals or doing anything. Don't do anything with it, but try to 
isolate that room off right off the bat. Do you suggest that when a renter first finds mold that they at least take pictures and video? I know I would. In that yes, situation, absolutely. I would before anybody, including the landlord, comes and touches stuff. I would want to take pictures. I'd want to take video and document what I'm seeing. And then I'd want to immediately email it to myself so it's time stamped. So no one can come in later and say because they covered it with whatever. Yeah, with kills. That or... it was never an issue or that it was handled in a timely yes. manner. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, once again, that's why I like having you on the podcast because you you look at it a lot different than I do. And you're you're very big. And I am too. I'm big on document, document, document. But I usually do that with our own stuff, our own jobs, my clients. But that is documentation's a huge, huge uh, asset to have if if you end up going down the legal road. And it it's tough because you know I've dealt with renters that I feel legitimately really believe that there's a mold concern, and they're concerned about their health and the health of the people in the home. I've also come across to other renters that I do believe they're using it as an excuse not to pay. Mm -hmm. And I don't know anybody's intentions and it doesn't matter. But if you take pictures, if you're going to reach out to me and you're like, hey, Steve, we think we have a mold problem. That's one of the first things I'm going to tell you. Like, hey, can you send me a picture? Because not that I can, I'm not obviously a microbiologist, not that I can say, yes, that's mold or no, it's not. I can look at a picture and go, hey, yeah, you got, <laughs> you got some major issues. So that is a good point is, is to... Make sure you take pictures and videos. Um, you're obviously a lot more well-versed and educated on the whole document, document, email it to yourself. Yep. Because once again, then you can show a timestamp. Like it, one of the biggest problems we see, especially with renters, is let's say you live um, in an apartment complex and there's 60 units. There's tons of them. Well, they have a dedicated maintenance guy that that's his full-time job. Mm -hmm. I'm not criticizing anybody um, for what jobs they do, but a, a, a typical maintenance handyman type of person is not educated, nor should they be doing mold mitigation. And the first thing they're going to do, the property manager is going to call the maintenance guy, and the maintenance guy is going to come over the next day, and he's going to spray it with kills, which for our listeners, like that is a huge no-no because... Those mold spores that maybe weren't airborne, they just became airborne because they sprayed it with an aerosol can of kills. Correct. And so that's why those pictures are important. So for our renters, if if you know if you're sitting there listening and you're like, well, okay, Steve, so what do we do if we call and they send a maintenance guy over and he wants to just spray it? That's a tough answer for me. Um because I'm not the one that's there. I'm not the one that, that has signed a lease or anything. It's it's tough for you as a tenant to say to the maintenance guy, do not attempt to fix it. Correct. Because that can backfire on you too. So yeah. it's it's a really difficult process. Um, and, you know, for our listeners, at the end of the day, you know, one key thing I want them to understand is all the inspections and testing side of things for mold is typically going to be on them as the tenant. The Unless you get it in writing from the landlord, typically the tenant is going to have to to foot that bill. And Correct. a lot of people don't understand that. Correct. Like, they think they can call me and they're like, well, yeah, my landlord is going to pay for it. No. If you call me and hire me, I'm going to bill you. Correct. 
Correct. And, and this speaks to a whole thing of, I think sometimes when we talk about renters and mold, there's this stereotype that it's because the renter lives in a, a rundown place or they live in a, you know, a place that that's not on the right side of the tracks or town. Let's be very clear. There are brand new luxurious condos that have mold in them. Exactly. And so I would also say if you have the financial means, whether you live currently in a place that has mold or currently in a place that you think is mold free, it is helpful to do a baseline check physically of allergies and mold testing with a doctor who knows what they're doing. So every time you move from apartment to apartment or house to house that you're renting or purchasing, Mm -hmm. you have where your body was at the last place. And now when mold comes into the picture and your health is suffering, you can now do another round of that testing and you have proof That from the time you moved into this place, your body was here and now a year later in this place. So I just think the same way we take babies to the doctor every month or so for new shots and new Mm -hmm. tests and to see how much they've grown through our life, we should be doing that. So that gives us even more documentation should we ever have a mold issue, which most people in their lifetime will have a mold issue in some place they live. Yep. Yeah. And you can... On top of that, you can do mycotoxin testing. Um, obviously, that's more the medical side of things. But, um, you know, they can talk to their doctors and they can do mycotoxin testing and they can show, you know, here's where I was. This was my baseline six months ago. We moved into a new place. Here's what's going on now. Then it's it's a lot easier to try to identify where that mold exposure happened and you know, a lot of people just say, well, I don't have the time or I don't have the money. And it goes back to what I always say, what's your health worth? So, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have to do something. So, you know, what what I want our listeners to take out of of this podcast is, is, you know, they need to do their due diligence. They do need to understand, like you said, they need to read through the lease, make sure that there's not something in there. I mean, crazy as enough, crazy enough as it sounds. There could be some sort of clause in there that that the landlord can pin everything on them. 100%. But on the other hand, too, you know, a landlord can't have you sign a lease that supersedes or contradicts the state laws. So, Which a lot of people don't know. Right. So that's why it's important to look at your lease and then also look at state laws, exactly. which is a great point to know what the landlord actually can or can't do. I think where it gets tricky is you move into a place and the landlord is really great and you think in good faith they will always be great. So right. you don't document things. Yeah. Because you think in the beginning, you know, it's the honeymoon phase of things. No, no, no. You always document things because you don't know how they're going to respond if they feel threatened. Right. Because you are now saying they have to spend twenty, thirty thousand to do mold mitigation and they may not even have the money to do so. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as you mention the four letter word mold, it's uh it always turns into a poop show. And it really, you know, that's where you get the professionals like myself involved and get you know, get an inspection done, a mold inspection, do some testing. If there's visible mold, obviously that's why you're calling in the first place. But we can, from from our specialty, we can go in and we can say, okay, this mold that was behind the dresser or suspected mold, we did a tape lift. We sent it off to a mold lab. They confirmed that this is, you know, stachybotrys or penicillium. And it doesn't matter what kind of mold it is. Mm-hmm. Any mold infestation needs to be addressed. Correct. And a lot of people like to go, well, 
you know, especially landlords, it doesn't matter unless it's toxic mold or black mold. That's not true. Any mold infestation has to be addressed. But that's why it's important to get a mold specialist involved so that you have all that documentation so that when you do go down that road of, you know, are we going to pursue legal action, you have something, some evidence to go off of. Absolutely. So, and, and I think there are those renters who run into a major mold issue and feel like their leverage point is, well, I can withhold the rent. Yes. So what do you say to renters who think that because there is a mold issue and their landlord isn't proactively addressing it, they can withhold rent or skip rent payments? So from from what I know in Utah and Wyoming, legally as a tenant, you still have to pay your rent. Um, there may be states or municipalities where you don't and you can get away with that. But I would just advise everybody, obviously I'm not a lawyer, but I would advise all of our listeners to keep paying your rent, but to address obviously the mold issue in writing with your landlord. Um, Skipping rent, as I said earlier, I dealt with a case where it seemed pretty clear. um, And these people, there was communications after they had gone to court. Um, They were going to court over not paying rent, but they wanted to pull me in to use me as the excuse that they didn't. The judge still ruled in the landlord's favor and said, no, by law, you still have to pay rent. Um, and, and, and once again, obviously we're not given legal advice, but it is smart. If you're going down the road of getting a mold specialist involved, if you do think you're going to go down the legal route as far as suing, it's very important to get a lawyer involved and do what they tell you to do. I'm not going to sit here and go, well, yeah, I know more than a lawyer knows because I don't, but but keep paying your rent because then you can prove you did your due diligence. Absolutely. So what's, what's your call to action for people? So as far as we, we kind of used a, a scenario, not much of one, but it's something that's very common um, that we see mold growth and it's typically just surface mold on the visible side of the sheetrock it's behind dressers and it's usually on an outside wall and and it's because there's no airflow back there. And so you go to move that dresser and then you see mold sitting there. Um, So do a walkthrough. If you're a renter, just do a walkthrough. And like you said, you can do a video, email it to yourself and just show that, you know, on August, you know, 14th, we did this walkthrough and you emailed it to yourself. And so then, you know, three months down the road, if the landlord tries to come back on you and says, well, hey, you know, you're the one that did this or whatnot. You have documentation. So just do a quick walkthrough of your property. Absolutely. And also, so we have, obviously, a lot of our followers follow us on Facebook. But we have a Facebook page. I don't do, I do a weekly post on it. There's not a whole lot of action, which is kind of good for me because then I don't have to respond to people. But for all you listeners, if you could do us a favor and go to our Facebook page, it's just CNC Contractor Services. It's just a search, right? Is that mm-hmm. all they do on Facebook? I think it's facebook.com forward slash CNC Contractor Services, I think. Perfect. But do us a favor and just go to our Facebook page. Give your friends the that name and have them start following our Facebook page. We appreciate all of you for listening. Once again, today was episode 220. Have a great day.
Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the mold investigation checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free mold investigation checklist today. You can also on cnccontractorservices.com find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.